They tell you when you preach, you should never say anything that you did not plan to say. Never say anything in a sermon that is not in your notes. So I'm about to break that right now because I, I was thinking about what I'm preaching on today, which is uh, the calm before the storm. And it reminded me of something that happened in our family a while back. It's been several years, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, share it. And so uh, if it's too bad, we'll just chop it out of the video uh, when, we, when we put that on. But a few years ago, my family, my first three kids, who are now all grown, and my wife and I, we went to a water park in Orlando. You may have done this before, but I just want to say I despise water parks. I hate going. There's nothing I hate more. And because it's just, I'm a very modest person. I mean, uh, I, I wear a, I wear a jacket a whole lot of times, even during the week, because a good sport coat covers over a multitude of sins. So I'm, I'm modest and a water park to me, I know they're bathing suits, but it's just like everybody walking around in their underpants. It's just uncomfortable for me, and I never get comfortable with it, and I'm not comfortable being there. So we were in this water park in Orlando, and I'm doing something you should never do as a father and a husband. I am praying, Lord, get me out of here. Something, nothing that hurts anybody or harms anybody, but I just don't want to be here, and it's sticky, and it's, it's hot, and I'm getting a sunburn, and I'm sweating, and I don't, you know, and I'm uncomfortable. So then I see something in the sky that gives me hope. There's a dark cloud in the sky. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Because if the storm comes up, we, we all have to go home for safety's sake. You don't want to be out in the water if a storm comes up because, you know. Uh, so, so I'm like, come on, storm. And, and so, uh, and then lo and behold, the, the sky gets really dark. And I'm like, oh. Honey, uh, it's, it's terrible, but we're probably just going to have to pack up and take the kids home because there's a storm. Doggone it. Then the winds pick up. Then those little tables with the umbrellas on the top start blowing over. And I'm like, uh-oh, this is not good. And, th and then something very surreal happens. This voice comes over the loud system. In, uh, and it was like an Australian theme park, you know, like Crocodile Dundee and all that. And this, this voice comes over and says, good day, mate. Please seek shelter immediately. And it sounded like Crocodile Dungee just told me, we're all going to die. Because there was, a, there was like a tornado coming. It was, and so people in, in little Crocodile Dundee outfits were ushering us all into safe places where we could hunker down. Well, we were closest to this what we call a family restroom. Now, a family restroom is not a, like a, um, it's, it's like a unisex restroom. It's just for a family to go into. It's got room for maybe about five people. There's not multiple stalls. There's maybe one commode and a sink and, you know, that kind of stuff and a place to change the baby. So we're, but we're in there with our family, five people, and about 10 other people like this, waiting for a tornado to come and kill us all. And I'm, I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking, I'm touching these people. My, my arms are touching these people and they're all in swimsuits and I'm in a swimsuit. And I'm thinking, this is not the way I want to die. You know, I don't want them to find me here like this. 
And so it's just gross and everything. Well, my wife, my wife is handicapped. She was in a car accident years ago and it crushed her right leg. So she's got like a ton of screws in her leg. And, and so she can't stand up for long periods of time. And so after a while in this family restroom, standing like this and all these people around us, my wife whispers to me, she says, I've got to sit down somewhere. My leg just can't take it anymore. And, I'm, and I look around and I said, well, honey, there is one natural place for you to have a seat. She said, I'm not going to sit on a toilet in, in front of all these people because there's no stall. It's just one big open family restroom. But I said, honey, you, you're going to have to have a seat. And you're in the back of the room. Everybody's facing forward, you know, facing the door for when somebody comes in and tells us it's okay. So she, she sits down on the seat. And she's fine. And she sits there for a while. And... Uh, Suddenly, she realizes, oh, I need, I need something out of my purse. I guess her makeup needed, you know, in the middle of us dying in this storm. So she leans over to get her purse. It was at this moment we realized that the toilet was automatic. Because right at that moment in this room filled with like 15 people, we were flush. And the whole room turns around and is th saying, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> like our water park experience, a storm can come up very, very suddenly in your life. So how do you prepare for things cataclysmic that you're not expecting to come into your life? Um, the truth is you never can fully prepare, can you? But you can anticipate this fact. Life will eventually clip the legs out from underneath you sometime, somewhere. You, can't, you may not know when or how, but you need to know that it's coming. A storm is coming in your life. Now, we're used to storms here in southwest Florida, right? Uh, there's usually some ominous warning and, uh, and we all, what, what do we all do? We all run to the store, we all run to Publix, and we get, uh, uh, like this past year, we got mountains of toilet paper, evidently, because we're building a sculpture in our house. People just had loads and loads of toilet paper. I don't really understand that. But, uh, but the other thing, we, we, get, uh, we get bread and we get milk. Whenever a hurricane's coming, so the aisles are clear to bread and milk, so I guess we can go home and have a milk sandwich. I, that's, that's what we do. And we get ready to hunker down, and it, it's kind of not a big deal for us, but a real storm can be devastating. I have friends on the other coast over in West Palm, and a few years ago, I forget which one it was, but a big one hit, and they were without power for two weeks. That is not a good thing because being in Florida in the summer, in the heat, with no air conditioning and your food is all going bad in the refrigerator and, you know, it's not a good thing. A storm can be devastating here in southwest Florida. So we try to prepare for the storm. Maybe we buy a generator, which is a really smart idea. We get all our food and water and everything stashed up. And we want to do this. This is what we're hoping to do when a storm comes. We're hoping to minimize the damage and the inconvenience. 
But what about when the storm is so devastating in your life that there is no way to prepare for it? You see, we saw that this week with Tim, and that's what got me to thinking about these kind of storms, because last Sunday when I was here, I would have never guessed that Tim would have a heart attack. He seemed fine. If anything, he was quite animated. I would have never guessed that. I also would have never guessed that a friend of mine this week who was 51 years old and a runner and healthy as a horse would die of COVID. He was a youth speaker named Wade Morris. He spoke to youth groups all over the country. Uh, And he's gone now. You see, if you're old enough, you've learned this. One phone call in the middle of the night is all it takes to change your life and to rock your world. The hard truth I've learned is this. You are either going through a storm right now, you've just finished going through a storm, or you are about to enter a storm. It's one of those three. You're either in one, or you're about to go in one. So as they say, buckle up, buttercup. Life is like that. And I know sometimes I used to think, well, man, I can't wait till I have enough money and life is going to get easier. Things are going to get easier as we go along. We never really arrive at that place because no matter how much money you have, no matter how good your life is, one phone call and everything's changed. So how do you prepare for that? Well, what we do is I've noticed I pray for God to keep all the storms out of my life. That's usually my prayer. I pray, God, don't let anything ever happen to my kids. And I pray for all my kids, my grown kids and my small kids. I pray for my wife. God, don't let anything bad happen. So what we're really saying to God is this. God, please give me a life where I never need you. That's our prayer. I understand that. That's my natural feeling. But God's not going to answer that prayer the way that we want. Because a lot of times, God is the very one who allows the storm to come into your life. Now, I know a lot of TV preachers will not tell you that. If you just send money to me, everything's going to be great. And they show those teeth. Protection from the storm, 1995. It's not going to happen. I want you to look at a time the disciples were stuck in a storm. This is in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. And you can read along with me. Now, when he got into a boat, that's Jesus, his disciples followed him. So notice Jesus is leading them into a storm. They're following Jesus. They're doing the right thing. And they're about to go into a storm. Verse 24. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he, Jesus, was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him and saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, 
Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? So what is Jesus doing in the middle of the storm? He's resting. Have you ever felt like God was asleep while you were going through a storm? Because sometimes you pray and you pray and you say, God, fix this thing in my life that's going out of control. And you just don't see any change. It feels sometimes like God is asleep. Funny thing about this passage, I love this thing. This, this is another time in the Bible when we see how real the Bible is. Because if I were wanting to just write something out of whole cloth, or just a lie about a guy I was saying was a Messiah, I would never have him be weak. I would never have him go through periods where he was tired. But yet the Bible tells us right now, Jesus, who was completely God, but also completely man, was tired. That's one thing you don't realize sometimes is when John is up here and he's been preaching for 30, 40 minutes and he's been talking to you and he's out there. Um, I don't know this for certain, but if he's like me, he goes home and he, and he goes to bed for a while because being speaking to people, being around people, no matter how much you love them, it drains you. And Jesus was tired. He was tired enough. He could sleep in the back of the boat, probably with a blanket over him or something. And he could sleep straight through the storm. That is really tired. That's how tired he was. But notice this. The other thing is Jesus is disappointed at them when they wake him up. He's disappointed at them because of their small faith. You see, the disciples are just like us. We believe the lie that if God were with us, we would never go through a storm. Now we say we don't believe that. But when a storm comes up, when something goes out of control in our life, and, and a lot of times when a storm comes up, it's not just one thing. It's multiple things around you swirling out of control. And you're disoriented and you're like, God, have I done something wrong? Not always. A lot of the times, storms come into your life precisely when you are doing the right thing. The disciples followed Jesus into the boat. They weren't doing anything wrong. So Jesus rebukes the winds. Now notice he didn't just calm the winds, he rebuked the winds. This is interesting. Some theologians think that when Jesus rebuked the wind, he was rebuking Satan. Because think of this. If you were Satan, you've got Jesus and most of the authors of the books of the New Testament and the people who are going to take the gospel to the world, you've got them all in one boat. Good way to wipe out the whole movement. So Jesus speaks to the wind and rebukes it. You see, when God allows a storm in your life, God has a plan for it, but Satan has a plan for it too. 
both have a plan, but it's up to you which one of those plans you put into effect. And it all comes down to who you call on. So, how do you prepare for inevitable storms? Three quick things. Number one, before the storm comes, keep preparing. In the summer here in Florida, if you want to get a walk in, I like to go for walks. I don't know about you, but I go for long prayer walks. That's where I get some of my best time in is going for walks, praying. And I try not to do that out loud because people think I'm crazy. That's not a good thing. So I just pray quietly to myself and I go for long, long walks. But I found out if I want to get a walk in, I better do it when? Early in the morning. Because here in the summer, if you wait till around one in the afternoon, if you wait till two in the afternoon, there's a good chance somewhere in the afternoon, what is going to happen? It's going gonna, it's gonna to rain. A storm's going to happen. That's just Florida. And you've lived here probably longer than I have. If you want to do something outside, you do it in the morning. You prepare. You need to plan your day expecting there's going to be a storm around two or three. In fact, today, if we don't get a storm in the afternoon, we'll probably all be surprised. We expect a storm to come. And that is the way you need to live your Christian life. Don't be surprised when the bottom falls out the next time because it's going to happen. Storm is coming. The question is, are you ready? My friend Wade was. I can tell you this about him. I don't think he thought he was going to die at 51. But my friend Wade was ready for the storm. He was ready to meet Jesus. You see, when your storm comes up, do you know enough of God's word so that when Satan starts lying to you in the midst of that storm, well, you must have done something to bring this about. Do you know enough of God's word so that you don't get fooled by what Satan is telling you? Do you are, you are you living close enough to God so that you know, uh, maybe your life's not perfect, but you know there's nothing that has brought God's um, discipline into your life right now. You're living that close to him. Do you know God's promises about your life? You see, that's how you prepare for the storm, by knowing God's word and by, by strengthening that daily relationship with him because one of those days you're going to wake up and boom. Or you're going to get woken in the middle of the night. And the hardest thing I, I experienced as a pastor is when people come to me in the midst of a crisis. They say, Pastor, pray for me, pray for me, Pastor. And I, I pray for them, of course. But they're reaching out to me because they think I've got, you know, some inside line to God. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, no, honey, I, I don't have an inside line. I mean, I've got my relationship with God. And right now, if you had that kind of relationship with God that you had cultivated every day and you, so you can hear his voice when he's speaking to you, if you had that, you'd be ready for this storm. It would still be hard, but it would be all you need to get through it. But I can't 
give you a booster shot for that. You either have it because you prepared for it or you don't. Um, I don't know, some of you might not realize uh, my day job is as a hospice chaplain. I go around and talk to people about God who have six months or less to live. And, and honestly, some of those people don't want to talk with me, and I, I, I respect that, and we, I don't push anything on them, but my job is to go to people and be there if they need counsel and be there if they want to talk about God. And sometimes they want to talk about God. They want to talk about heaven. And if, if you've been given that death sentence of six months, those things come up. What's amazing to me is how few people that I talk to have ever really grappled with the thought that one day I'm going to die. It's like it never occurred to them. Because most people, what they do is they spend their whole lives pushing that thought out of their mind. It's somebody else and somebody they know dies and it reminds them. They're like, no, 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 I don't want to think about that. And they keep pushing that thought away. And now they're faced head on with that thought. And they've got no answers. That's a scary place to be before the storm comes because the storm is coming. Keep preparing. The next thing is when the storm comes, keep rowing. In other words, remain consistent and obedient in what God has told you to do. So let's just imagine, say you're a, you're a young woman and you are pregnant. But you go to the doctor, you call the doctor, you're so worried. You say, doctor, I've got to come in and see you. Something's wrong. And you go to the doctor and you say, doctor, every morning now, I am throwing up. This is, this is out of control, doctor. Every morning I'm throwing up. Look at, look at my ankles. My ankles are swelling. What is wrong with me, doctor? I, do I need to go to the hospital? Well, the doctor, he's not freaking out at all. Why? Because he knows that that's normal. He knows that's a normal part of being pregnant. And what that lady has to do, doesn't have to do anything. She's just got to keep rowing, keep rowing. It's okay, but keep rowing. Well, Pastor Dave, we're in a new church and we've had to move around several different locations. And we were meeting, we were meeting here and then COVID shut us down. And then we were meeting at the Naples Grand and then we stopped meeting there. We went, well, this is chaotic, Pastor Dave. What's wrong? You ever started a church before? Completely normal. Everything you've faced the last year and a half, something like that, completely normal. In fact, it's been much more easy of a course than it is for a lot of churches. My church has been going, oh, six months, seven months. We've moved as much as you have in six months. So, 
When we have to move around, when we have a new location come up, we were meeting at Baker Park with our church. Then the, the city said, well, we don't have enough money to fund opening up the uh, building at Baker Park. So uh, you don't get to meet there the rest of the summer. So we've met at my house. We've met at, we're meeting, going this, after this service, we're meeting at my uh, pediatrician's office. Seriously? He's got a big waiting room, so we just move everything out of the way and we've set it up and... So we're going to do that for a while, um, but it's normal. Storms, you need to realize they are normal in your life, and they are going to come. And you don't need to freak out. You just need to keep rowing. In fact, the problem is when the storms come, too many times in my life, I should have been celebrating what God was doing in my life, but instead I was worried about all these little storms. I was worried about the things that were not right. We came in this morning, the lights in the, in the auditorium were at like 50%. It was going to look really dark and uh, this, this platform is banged up and everything and uh, Mark was working hard trying to cover it over here. It sort of feel like Dracula, like. You know, well, there's a cross, so no, no vampires. But you walk in and everything's kind of not right. And But if I live my life like that, if I never celebrate and have joy, even when there's some little tornado swirling around me, then I'll never have joy. Because there is always something. It's like Roseanne, Rosanna Dan always said. It's always something. There's always going to be something out of control. Something wrong. Something not the way that it ought to be. And if you let that destroy your peace, you're never going to have joy. You're going to be always waiting for when things ease, ease out. And you're going to be waiting a long, long time. Yeah. You see, if a storm is in your life, that means Satan wouldn't send a storm your way if your life didn't matter. See, no thief robs, robs an empty house, folks. If Satan comes after your life, you must be precious cargo. So take it as a compliment. Satan will attack your life. Don't try to control the situation. Just ride it out and keep rowing. The last thing you need to do while the storm rages, keep trusting. That's why Jesus was upset at them. Jesus was upset because they freaked out. They didn't have faith that they've got, they've got the son of God in the boat with them. And they're scared to death. Hmm. Every storm that enters your life, if you're a Christian, it has to get through God first before it ever comes to you. See, God knows you're in a storm, even when you think he might be asleep. In fact, hmm. Jesus is in that boat. 
The storm is raging. Lightning cracking, thunder, waves flapping up over the boat. Jesus is still asleep. What is the one thing that wakes up the Son of God from the boat? The cry of one of his children. Soon as he hears one of his children, the Lord save us. Jesus is up, calms the waves. God is listening, and he hears your voice whenever you call out to him. In fact, you cannot sink a ship that Jesus is sailing. Ever think of that? Even if you could sink it, Jesus can walk on the water anyway. So you don't even need the boat. My little girls love dandelions. Let's see, we got a picture up here? Yeah. Now, that's not my little girls, but it's a nice stock photo of dandelions. Um, they will go out in the yard and pick them when they're, you know, when they're yellow, when they're newer, and they will make a little bouquet of dandelions and bring them to my wife. You know, my wife is so sweet. Like, oh, thank you, honey. These are so adorable. And I'm thinking, where's the garbage can? You know, these are weeds. These are just weeds. And my little girls love it when they turn white like that and they can blow them. Hmm. And when a storm comes, like my little girls who are little storms all their own, but when a storm comes, it blows the dandelion seeds away. And those, each of those particles are almost like a little kite. They're made so that when the wind blows and blows them off of the dandelion, they will sail a long distance. And that wind, that storm, blows the seeds far and wide. You see, we think of dandelions as an annoying weed, and they are if they got in your lawn. But they're also, by the way, they're a natural diuretic, and they ease stomach distress. They were brought over to North America on the Mayflower because of their medicinal benefits. It bring, they bring up nutrients from the soil for shallow-rooted plants. They also attract pollinating insects and release ethylene gas, which helps fruit to ripen. You see, all a dandelion needs is a good storm for those seeds to be blown far and wide. In fact, it's at the end of the dandelion's life cycle when they turn white, that they become the most productive. And all they need to shine, to do the best that they can do, all they need is a good storm. Your boat is inevitably going to get caught in a storm. But God may have a greater purpose for that storm than just your life. In fact, God may allow a storm, something tough to come into your life, so that like that dandelion, your influence can be spread far and wide because those storms come in your life. I've known people, honestly, with a cancer diagnosis, a horrible, horrible thing. But because of that storm that God allowed to come into their life. Now those people have a ministry and their influence has been blown far and wide to other people who when they go through that, 
This friend of mine now has the ability to do a ministry with those people that I could never do. The storm is what makes them productive. So the storm may not be about you. It is spreading you thin so that your influence reaches far. So a storm is coming. The only question is this. Is Jesus in your boat? That's all that matters. See, as long as Jesus is on your boat, everything's going to be okay. So, if you're in a storm right now, here's what I would do. I would get me a pillow and go lay down in the boat next to Jesus and relax. Because only one cry from you and he's up and he can calm the storm. Let's pray. Father, we pray for everybody here right now who is going through a storm. Maybe it's a health crisis. Father, a lot of times it's our kids. And we pray for you to take all the trouble out of their lives. We pray for you to keep them from everything that actually would make them mature and grow and become stronger. We pray for a perfect, easy life when what you want is a life where we're reminded by the storms that we are dependent on you. You are the only safety. You are the only security in this life. So right now, we take our storm, whatever it is, and we lay it down before you here at your altar. Help us to grab our pillow and just lay beside you and wait until this storm passes. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen.